What's up guys and welcome to another episode of We Bleed Pixels Weekly. And this week, Connectus has returned! Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, totally not a super overhyped intro. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> this week, uh, Nura, uh, uh, he uh, unfortunately uh, couldn't make it, so it's just the two of us again, just like we uh, started out uh, doing this uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, Connectus is back again, back from the dead, I would almost say. No, nah, it's not really that well, bad. I was, but, I was uh, kind of dead, but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you, you're always in some sort of limbo between death tiredness and just death <laughs> pretty <I think>. much <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway uh we've uh, got uh yeah i'm not sure how long this episode's actually going to be but uh, we've got some uh, interesting things uh to talk about uh, today um so let's just uh kick things right off and welcome of course to another episode um so first thing today, uh, something I read uh, this morning, actually, and by this morning, I mean this morning on Saturday, the 25th of May, when we record the episode. Um, so you may have heard about a little game called Bloodborne, which like a lot of people all over the world are super excited about because it's apparently one of the best games ever it made. Is. So... Um, <laughs> so uh, apparently there is a, uh, a very, uh, well technical uh, modder in the community who is like hey it would be really cool if instead of the hunter i could control the enemies in the world of yarnum so he just went ahead and used some custom code to basically unlock a debugging feature that was already in there uh, by the devs and he made a mod that allows you to control the enemies instead of your character nice yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've seen several videos uh, of it or clips um, on his uh, on his Twitter, and yeah, it looks really freaking dope. I mean, um, it's really easy. He just locks onto the enemy with the camera, and then he just presses the L three button, and then he just switches over to the enemy. He can just walk around. He can attack. He has access to their full move set and everything. And you know, he he just included several um, several clips of him um, taking over various enemies in uh, some of the areas in the game. And you know, what, what I really liked in, in one of the clips, um, I think it was from the from one of the deal from the DLC, the Old Hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, he just took over one of these giant ass uh, huntsmen that you can find throughout the game. And he was just walking around a little bit and just sprinting and doing some random attacks into thin air. <laughs> and then he apparently decided it was a very good idea to just kill his own hunter. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. He just, you know, he just struck him three times and he was dead. And then I thought, okay, what's going to happen next? What do you think happened? Hmm. He just... It's, it, it, it's, like, it's like the most predictable thing ever, but... I'm just gonna ask it anyway. What do you think happened? He just slaughtered everything in his way. Uh, uh no. So his hunter died, and then he just got the old-fashioned "you died" screen, and then you know the screen faded yeah. away, and he respawned. Yeah, it, so... it it makes sense. But I was, I was thinking, well, maybe it was even it was more epic than that. But it's yeah. it's understandable because of the way the game works. Yeah, true. I mean. So the curious thing is, at one hand, it's pretty cool, you know, that there's uh, a mod that that you can now control enemies within the game. But um, there are still some uh, limitations to the mod, which make me kind of question how useful it actually is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, uh, uh, it seems to me it's like it's just a cool little thingy to mess around with for a couple of minutes, but nothing more. Because, uh, for starters, uh, the creator of the mod, um, in a series of tweets in which he showed everything, he said, uh, okay, guys, if you um, actually use this mod in your own Bloodborne, um, don't think that all the enemies will be passive. Because in all his clips, all the enemies were just standing around, they weren't doing anything, and he could just easily target them, and he could switch over to them. And he said, that's not part of the mod. Um, I deactivated the enemy AI myself for testing purposes. If you you actually use this mod, they won't just stand around. And that kind of makes me question, okay, so let's say that you um, take over an enemy, and then there's like two or three 
at the back who are super aggressive and they kill you and then you respawn and then you know you can maybe walk around as an enemy for five seconds and then that's it so i mean i mean maybe it would have been good to include something in the mod that you can either toggle the ai or some shit but no. I, I don't know i mean uh, I, I don't really know much about modding games on a PS4, but maybe the people who are smart enough to do it uh, know how to turn off the AI uh, themselves. I honestly but, don't know how they um, do that. I mean... No, neither do I. I mean, I did some like really brief research into it because I got curious as to how modding works. And all I could find was some uh, forums where people had posted um, downloads links for save games and stuff and they were all talking about like you need a modded playstation 4 console but yeah I, I didn't really dive too deep into it and i was just like okay i have no idea how this works but uh you know if you can get it to work cool i no. guess yeah, it, it, but it uh, is interesting i mean even though it's just it, it, it's it's basically well from a certain perspective useless to have the mod it's still fun. It's yeah. it's still fun to mess around. I mean, yeah, yeah, true. I I mean, like I said, I I kind of feel it's just like this, um, you know, this quirky little modded mechanic that you can mess around with uh, for a little bit, and then you know, uh, then you're done with it. Because what he also said, um, is he like announced on his Twitter, like, hey guys, like the mod is done and it's like fully functional for every enemy in the game including all the bosses and it's functional for the dlc as well i was and so and someone asked him like can i do a full playthrough of bloodborne um you know playing as an npc and he was like uh no you can't because if you control an npc you have to stay within a certain range of the hunter because otherwise the game just stops loading in uh, new data so it just won't load in new parts of the world but also uh, if you move too far away from the hunter the NPC will just despawn okay yeah that's interesting so, it's just the way how the game you know, works he needs to mod it further to make it work uh, yeah true huh. but you know when I when I read those, those two things like uh you, like you know you you, you got to stay really close to your character and everything then i just wondered like okay so you can basically you know if you can stay away from all the hostile mobs for long enough then maybe you can take over another npc yeah and then and then you can walk around as them for a bit and try out their movesets i guess but other than that since you can't move too far away from your hunter what exactly is the point of this mod i mean i'm i'm not trying to discredit the creator in any way shape or form i think it's super impressive that he got this to work and it was really awesome to uh see the various clips uh of you know the mod working but you know reading about the limitations i just <clears throat> thought okay so what can you actually use this mod for yeah just mindless fun i think uh, it's just it's just fun to mess <laughs> around i mean let's be honest i mean we've all played games where you're just like well instead of doing the thing that the game wants us to do let's just mess around and do things that the game doesn't want us to do <laughs> so yeah. yeah i think that's that's so, basically uh, a way you could uh, enjoy the mod yeah so uh just just real quick i'm just going to uh look up what his twitter name was again uh, just in case uh any of you uh who are listening and want to see it for yourself so um if you have a twitter account you can go ahead and look for the twitter handle man fight dragon and uh, the name of the account is lance mcdonald who is the modder who created the mod and uh yeah, at the point at the time of recording, uh, you know, if you just scroll down his uh, his timeline, you will very soon uh, find all the all the uh, tweets uh, related to his mod. And there's various clips of him 
uh, taking over various NPCs in different parts uh, of the game. And uh, you can read some extra details in his own tweets and also in um, answers to replies and everything. So uh, it's just a cool thing to quickly uh, have a look at if you're interested. But uh, And if you happen to know how to mod a game on the PS4 yourself and you're a Bloodborne enthusiast, then uh, yeah, I, I guess you could uh, give it a go if you uh, really wanted to. Yeah. But uh, friendly advice uh, from myself, please try and make sure to uh, turn off the AI. Otherwise, I think you'll die within like 10 seconds or something. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it would, it would be kind of cool if you could actually play Bloodborne as an NPC. Like imagine all the, the new different speedrunning categories, like finishing the game as insert random Bloodborne enemy here, like a huntsman or a dog or a brain sucker, which are like the worst things. I ever. would just, but... I would just finish the game with a huge boss. I mean, with what with one of the bosses <laughs> that I've actually killed. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm, I, I mean, I, I, ima imagine like just running through the entire game as Gascoigne and just tearing everyone <laughs> apart, <laughs> and just randomly transforming but, into the giant as werewolf thing or whatever the fuck but, it was. But seriously though, even though it's overpowered and you just destroy everything, it's still fun to do because you're playing as a boss. I mean, yeah. the idea is just so fun. yeah, true. I mean, what's also a thing? Um, I don't know if you know this, but. There also is a mod available for Bloodborne right now. I saw it uh, a couple of days ago on a Twitch mm -hmm. stream. There's a mod available that um, if you activate it, it will triple every single enemy in the game. So like, like including the bosses, it will either duplicate them or triple them, no. like depending on how many of an enemy there are and if the game can handle it, yes or no. Please no. But it will... It will triple everything. Please don't make it and stop. I'm <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, imagine combining the two. Like, you get you get to a boss fight. There's two or three of the same boss. You take over one of them. control of <laughs> one of them. And then you just use that boss to trash the other bosses. Bloodborne boss brawl. Uh, bro. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that just be the greatest thing ever? Imagine, like, Gascoigne versus Gascoigne, or, like, I don't know, re One Reborn versus One Reborn, or Mikolaj versus Mikolaj or some shit. <laughs> just, that would be the greatest yep. thing ever. If that if, if they could get that to work, that would just be amazing. It, it, it would be like Super Smash Bros., except with bosses. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean that is something I would pay to watch that. Like Definitely. just seeing a speedrunner just make their way through the game, you know, and like have a have a rule like a speedrun, uh, we triple or, or we like triple or duplicate all the bosses and all the enemies in the game, and each time we get to a boss fight, we uh take over control of one of the bosses, and then we use the boss to kill the other bosses. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I really, I really want to see that or even play that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really want to know how much more, how much more difficult the game would become if we did something like that, or if if it was possible. Because, uh, I mean, we both played Bloodborne ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I beat it a couple of weeks back. Uh, I'm not sure if you beat it yesterday. Uh, I haven't, but I came pretty far. I really need to finish okay. it sometime. How far did you get? Uh, I don't remember. I think I killed like four or five bosses or something. Okay. Which is still a decent yeah. amount. But... Yeah, true. I mean, kind of depends on like how many mandatory bosses you killed and how many optional ones. But... I don't even know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Me? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I myself, I think I killed only like... I think I killed three optional bosses. I killed Cleric Beast. I killed um, Bloodstarved Beast. I'm pretty sure he's optional. And I killed the Witch of Hamburg, which I also think is optional. And then I killed all the mandatory bosses, um, save for the last two possible final bosses, because I went for the easiest possible ending. Yeah. For me, the final boss was uh, Murgo's Wet Nurse. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it took me quite a while actually um now out of all the bosses that you faced if you can even remember which one did you find the most challenging um 
if you remember, well, of course. <laughs> I don't remember the name, but it was some kind of tree boss. I actually enjoyed that fight, but I. Oh, uh, the uh, the shadow, the shadow of Yarn. Yeah, I I failed on uh, a few easy parts during the fight. I mean, but yeah, it 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 was the first time yeah. facing him. I was just like, oh my god, it's a huge tree, fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, on honestly, for me, um, the shadow of Yarnum. That was like that boss was that was the one moment where I genuinely considered just quitting Bloodborne <laughs> and just giving up on ever beating it because I tried so many times like f for my own feeling I tried so many times and I just kept dying either second phase or third phase when those giant ass fucking snakes came out of the ground out of nowhere and I just kept dying and I was just like why the hell am I wasting my time on this when I could be playing other awesome games but eventually uh I did manage to finally at long last kill all those three bastards and it was worth it wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it was I mean in the end I I can say I beat Bloodborne I mean it's a really difficult game or at, at least, I mean at this point I wouldn't even necessarily say that it's uh even that difficult to be honest it just is it's a harsh game and it punishes you for every mistake that you make yeah that's uh, uh, the reason i like it is because uh bloodborne and dark souls and demon souls and all those games uh, they're they're punishing what i kind of miss mm -hmm. in modern games is that they're not punishing you for making mistakes they're just like well oh you got for a shooter, for example, if you put it on the yeah. hardest difficulty, it's not even necessarily hard. Half of the time, it's just yeah, oh, hide behind the wall, regenerate your health, and fire again. They, sh yeah. they should be more punishing. I mean, that's why I like games uh, like the Doom reboot, where you basically mm -hmm. get punished for making mistakes. You don't move, you're going to die. And that's <laughs> that's what makes the game fun. I mean, you're always doing things. You're always paying attention to what the enemy is doing and how to react to that. And that's that's what makes yeah. it fun. And that's what uh, a lot of modern games miss, in my opinion. Yeah, true. I mean, for me, um, my playthrough of Bloodborne was uh, mostly to challenge myself to actually beat a game as notoriously punishing <laughs> um dif difficult and punishing as bloodborne yeah. but you know mo mostly when i'm playing games um i just want to enjoy myself and i want to just relax in a way and i don't mind a challenge i just don't like challenges that require me to invest relatively much time and energy to beat them like, for example, if I face a boss in a game and I die over and over again, or I have to study uh, his his pattern of attacks, or I have to study his movesets or whatever, or his AI or anything, you know, for me, that's already too much effort in a way. I just, you know, I, I don't mind a challenging fight as long as I can overcome it with relatively... Um, little uh you know li with relatively little effort from my side and i can understand that for a lot of people including you you know these old school super challenging difficulties in games are a joy to play but i'm a bit more of the uh you know i just want to enjoy my games and with a little challenge but still be that you know uh always good and you know uh hero saving everyone at the end of the day and being super overpowered and shit and killing everyone yeah but that's <laughs> that's cool too and you can basically mix the two and make an even more fun game in my opinion i mean you will feel strong but it's still punishing for making mistakes yeah true yeah true that, but, uh, yeah that's I, exactly I, I, I love... i'm sorry that's exactly yeah, no, go That's ahead. exactly how I feel with uh, the Doom reboot. I mean, you get stronger over time. You get these overpowered abilities and overpowered weapons. And it, it's it's basically just a lot of fun. Be yeah. Because you actually earned those things. And that's uh, why I like it so much. Yeah, true. It's, true. it's, it's, yeah. Some people might see it as work next to work, but. It's uh, I don't know I, I think it's yeah I mean I mean at the end of the day everyone has their mm -hmm. own preferences and likes their and likes things more than uh, than another person yeah but, indeed uh, 
you know, it's it's. I mean, I think it's uh, it's a, it's in a way a good sign, and also a very special sign that you know, in a gaming industry where you know casual games, re- uh, like relatively casual games in terms of difficulty, were like flourishing for years. All out of nowhere came from software with Demon Souls and the Dark Souls series, and with Bloodborne and Neo, and recently with Sekiro. All very punishing games, which the vast majority of gamers consider, you know, super difficult games. And yet they were all critically and financially successful. And, you know, even the casual gamers who around the time of Demon's Souls and Dark Souls were all like, nah, this is too difficult and all, and this is not for me. Even they, and that includes me, eventually embraced one of those titles and were like okay i'm going to sit down i'm going to challenge myself to beat it and they actually beat it you know myself included i sat down i challenged myself to beat bloodborne i went in knowing it was going to be difficult knowing i would die a lot i stuck through i persisted and i beat it and now i'm genuinely proud that i beat bloodborne because i know that's the satisfaction i mean you have this long hard road that you're walking on and eventually you just get where you want to be and then you're like, yes, I I did it. I mean, (laughs) it's just so satisfying. Yeah, well, I I gotta (laughs) admit that I think that in a way I did uh, take away part of the satisfaction for myself because uh, the reason I um, bought Bloodborne was because I've been watching a lot of Bloodborne content over the past couple Mm -hmm. of years. I've been watching... uh, couple of speedrunners a lot and uh, there's one speedrunner in uh, particular on twitch uh, that i've been watching a lot for the past i think almost two years now who i discovered through uh, games done quick and he just speedruns bloodborne all the freaking time that's basically his entire twitch channel <laughs> he just speedruns bloodborne all day long nice. and i i just saw the game so often and i just saw all his strats and i just got this gut feeling like hey uh maybe i should buy this game and try to complete it as well but you know a lot of people from his community but also a lot of people online who have written stories about their experiences with bloodborne but also with the other uh from software titles from recent years they were all like part of the experience is the satisfaction when you finally figure out uh how to uh, get through a certain area or how to defeat a certain boss and then finally managing to do so exactly for for me um for the majority of the boss fights um i eventually went online to search for strats because i was just getting frustrated because i kept dying over and over again i did not want to invest a lot of time and energy into you know finding out how to fight a certain boss myself so i just went to the internet for help and you know whenever i it's i, I came to a certain point while playing bloodborne i think it was uh, when i first got to the uh forbidden woods area you know where the where you get the shadow of yarnum as the, uh, as the no. boss at the end i was just you know it that whole grotesque and like dark and scary forest it made such an impression on me i was like no freaking way that i'm going to slowly make my way through this area and kill all the enemies i'll just sprint through like an idiot (laughs) i'll try to find the shortcuts asap and then i'll get the boss fight done (laughs) and after i did i'd done that once i did that for every area that came after i just you know i just sprinted my way through the boss immediately then i went online and searched for the best strats to defeat the boss and then i fought the boss and after a whole lot of attempts i killed the boss but you know the whole um idea that a lot of people seem to enjoy so much about the series in terms of you know finding your own way through the world and the satisfaction when you finally figure out where to go or what to do or how to defeat a certain Mm -hmm. boss I kind of took that away from myself purely because I did not want to spend all that time and energy figuring that out. And in that way, I kind of feel like I cheated Bloodborne in a way. 
And at the, I mean, at the same time, I'm still, uh, you know, super proud that I beat the game. But um, I feel like I've taken away um, to some extent a lot of the satisfaction that other people have experienced. And I simply haven't no. because, you know, I didn't experience things the same way. I didn't figure out things like they did. I didn't take the time. I just, you know, I was like, I want to beat this game ASAP. And I'll just go online and search for help whenever I need it, which was basically like all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in, uh, you know, in, in a way, I, I, I simultaneously feel proud for beating the game. And also I feel like I didn't experience Bloodborne to the fullest, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, cool. <laughs> then my whole monologue was not, wasn't for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> No, but that's uh, why but, I yeah. uh, why I never basically consult the internet for a guide because I really want that satisfaction of defeating the boss myself. Yeah, I mean, um, I I do remember like when I when I defeated Gascoigne and I even beat Gascoigne with help from the internet. I did look up some strats, but I I remember when I when I beat him, <laughs> which I did on stream. Um, like the sense of satisfaction that I got. And I, I literally remember like the moment I struck the killing blow, mm -hmm. like both my hands and my face, they immediately started tingling like mad. <laughs> and it was, it was like my hands were shaking. I had to put down my controller. I couldn't even hold it anymore because, you know, I, I literally had such a physical reaction to the fact that I finally killed him. Oh, that, rem and that reminds me of a fun video that I will send you uh, after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, that that was that was really intense. And uh, you know, I, I I remember like after Gascoigne, I didn't experience um, you know such a reaction or such a sense of relief anymore. I mean, my victory over the. Uh, Shadow of Yarnum was uh, was a great moment as well, but it wasn't as good or as bad. I don't know which is the more appropriate term in this case, but you know, it it wasn't the same like it was with Gascoin. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there just came a point in the game. Uh, I think it was um, after I defeated the shadows. It didn't really uh, feel like I was moving to. A next challenge to overcome anymore it just felt more like okay i'm moving on to the next hurdle the next wall uh to to you know beating the game another yet another boss that i have to fight and i wasn't really looking for the satisfaction of beating them anymore i was just purely looking to beat them as fast as i possibly could so that i could move on to the next boss so that i could eventually beat the game yeah. so yeah dude seriously I, I i think we could literally dedicate an entire episode <laughs> to just talking about bloodborne Agreed. <laughs> yeah i mean i think that could be an interesting one for the future but uh yeah i mean like i said i uh, i'm proud i beat bloodborne but in hindsight i don't feel like i played and experienced it the way the proper way yeah. and that i you know by going online all the time i took away a large part of the experience that makes bloodborne so special for myself do i regret it maybe a bit but like i said still really proud that i beat it so uh... yeah, you, you should be proud i mean even with the help of the internet it's still something you have to do yourself so true, true, you, you, true. you can watch videos all you want but if you make, keep making mistakes, yeah, you will not uh, kill the boss. Yeah, true. So yeah, uh, I love how we just started out talking about uh, a, a little Bloodborne mod real quick. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is probably going to be like, you know, five to ten minutes <laughs> of talking about this. And then we move on and we end up with the whole discussion about the difficulty and experiences and shit. And we end up talking about Bloodborne for almost <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> Oh, awesome, isn't oh it? I loved it. But... 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I personally think it's just great. You know, we just diverge into all kinds of different topics. But, uh, you know, in the end, that's what this podcast podcast is all about. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're passionate just, gamers. We're just a couple. Yeah, we're just a, a couple of buddies and passionate gamers who just uh, love to talk about their hobby that much. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's time that after almost half an hour we uh, we close the book on uh, on Bloodborne and uh, move on to uh, the next uh, topic. Unless you have any finalizing words, I will finish Bloodborne someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're leaving Bloodborne behind, but um, we're gonna stay at the uh, Sony camp a bit longer because um, they recently announced something pretty awesome i think uh they've set up something called playstation productions which is essentially a production house dedicated to bring all of uh, sony's gaming properties to film and television so in other words maybe a bloodborne movie is coming that would be awesome to be honest <laughs> seriously uh, though yeah. i mean I mean, I, I don't. I really doubt that it would really work. Uh, you know, bringing Bloodborne to the big screen because, let's be honest. Like, I think that approximately ninety nine percent of the people who played the game have literally no freaking clue what the story is about. <laughs> I mean, I I think that's that may actually still be an understatement. Like, I, I think almost everyone who played the game, save for like the most hardcore fans who dived really deep into the lore have no idea like what the hell is going on in the game and l l like we just discussed like the the whole part of what makes bloodborne so special is the experience of playing it yourself and overcoming challenges and that's all gameplay related yeah true and you take that away the moment you take it to the big screen so i don't really think that would work what what about and what about Uncharted though? Yeah. That would be awesome for a movie. I mean, just cast Dude, Nathan Fillion as. Uh, yeah, Dude, I, I his name. that that is that, <laughs> yeah that that yeah though no, uh, I, I think it is. He's called Nathan. Yeah, Nathan <laughs> Drake. Yeah, I, I that was like the one series that I wanted to suggest myself. I think Uncharted would be absolutely perfect to turn into uh, movies. I mean, I for one would absolutely love to see it you know either as a movie which i think would work best um or as a series but uh did you see that yeah like did you see that little uh fan production that actually had nathan fillion as nathan drake that was just awesome i have i haven't that that's like one of the things on my list that i still need to watch alongside a couple documentaries and other other stuff i'll link but... it after uh, this yeah, I mean, I still, I still gotta, gotta watch it. I, I do remember that a lot of people were super excited about it, um, when it, uh, when it was uh, just released. They were all like, "Hey, Sony, take a look at it and do something with it." Yeah, but they really but, need um, to cast him. He was actually pretty awesome. He really fits the character, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but now that I think of it, um, weren't there like stories going on like several weeks or even months back already? that an uncharted film was in production and that uh tom holland who plays spider-man in the mcu was actually cast as the young nathan drake uh i haven't heard anything about that to be honest i'm hold up i'm pretty sure that was a thing let me just quickly uh hit up our good old friend google let's see uncharted i'm pretty sure there have been reports about that um so let's see. Uh, okay, so so apparently there are in. Okay, hold up. Is this Let me let me just make sure that I get this right. So um, apparently there were plans to uh, make a film called Uncharted: Drake's Fortune, which I'm pretty sure is also the title of the first Uncharted yeah. game. And reportedly, like I said, Tom Holland was cast as Nathan Drake. And Brian Cranston was apparently also cast. I would... I, I don't know as who. Oh, wait. I, would, I, would... I think Drake's Fortune was the third or second game, actually. I'm, uh, you know what? We got the internet, so let's look it up. Uh, let's see Uncharted series. How... I th 
no, uh, Drake's Fortune is the first game. Okay, okay. Let's see. I um, it yeah, it was. Yeah, Uncharted One was Drake's Fortune. Uh, Uncharted Two was Among Thieves. Then three was Drake's Deception. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then you had Uncharted Four: A Thief's yeah. End. Yeah, I stand which were all. <laughs> yeah, which were all super amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, apparently, uh, like when I literally Google Uncharted film, like the first two hits are like, uh, you know, the project having issues due to directors quitting out and like being like, yeah, no, screw this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home. The, the same problem the Warcraft but, uh, movie had, pretty much. Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it also immediately comes up with uh, YouTube links to the uh, live action fi fan film with uh, Nathan Fillion. But, uh, oh my god, dude, that's almost a year old already. Yeah. I still haven't freaking seen it. Okay, um, yeah. Should I be ashamed of myself at this point? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you should be. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah I'll, I really uh, should be giving it a watch uh, soon. But, I'll uh, call Nathan yeah, to I mean... call you up, Matt. I force you to, okay. to see it after this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's completely fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that um, an Uncharted film would work really well. Like, you know, each game in the series just... I think you could relatively easily turn it into a uh, two, two and a half, three hour film. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think like two, two and a half hours would be, uh, would be the max or something. But uh, I, I definitely think it would work. And, you know, they've got plenty of other franchises to pick from. Like... Um, I haven't played it myself yet, but I would imagine that uh, God of War may actually um, be a good choice, you know, with the whole father-son um, relationship development going on in there. That could be very interesting to see it translated to the uh, big screen. That was screen. exactly the game I had in mind to see on the movie screen. <laughs> One of them. Yeah, Uncharted yeah. and God of War yeah. are the big standouts. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly look at, like, what uh, exclusives do they... You could do they have? I mean, they have like a shit ton, but like, which ones would be? You could make a series of The Last of Us. Oh, oh, one hundred percent, yes. Uh and like you know, they, they, and maybe you know, uh, a new Spider-Man movie based on the game by Insomniac. And I was re maybe I was really disappointed in the Spider-Man game. You know why? Why it didn't have a post-credit scene that tied in with the movies. <laughs> they did have a Stan Lee cameo, but they didn't have a post-credit scene Dude. that tied in with the movie. <laughs> this, this is like literally, this is literally first world problems one on one. Let me have my problems. I mean, for man. real though. Let yeah. me have my problems. Uh, also, dude, imagine a, a, a film or series uh, based on Horizon Zero Dawn. That would be amazing as it, well, to be honest. I th I th I think that could work very There's well. There's a lot of lore I mean, to be explored. Well, I mean, in my opinion, uh, did you play the game? I did play the game, but also didn't finish did it yet. <laughs> did do you remember uh, a bit of the main storyline? Uh, yeah, I do. And how and how like the whole world of like you know humans in huts basically and machine machine robots and uh, animal robots yeah. and shit coming to be, like. The whole story behind that world alone is already a perfect reason to make it a movie. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it here just in case people haven't actually uh, played the game yet or are still in the process of playing it or anything. But I remember like there's this one point in the story where you get to this old abandoned uh, military facility or something and... You just find this uh, holographic thingy that basically explains uh, for a large part how the world came to be. And I remember just sitting there staring at my screen with an open mouth just thinking how the actual hell did the writer came up with this? Now, now do I the mean... same with a PS4 Pro on a 4K HDR TV. Yeah, uh, if you uh, can uh, fix me a PS4 Pro and a 4K uh, HDTV, then uh, be my yeah, guest. I will. Um... Nah, nah <laughs> kidding. But but seriously though, I had the same exact same reaction to it. It was just so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was like literally like, dude, I I have like eternal respect 
for uh, the man. I can't remember his name, but um, you know, I, 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 that was also really funny. Like I read an interview once with the basically the lead writer um, of Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, dude, I can't remember his name. I think it was some kind of uh, Amer American or Spanish dude or something. And he was literally telling that he he basically got hired by Guerrilla. And they told him like, okay, so this is the like the synopsis and the, the core world and gameplay idea that we have for this new game. And they basically just told him just like, you know, come up with a story that makes sense that the world looks like this. <laughs> And he was like, what the fuck? He was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, in the end, he was indeed like, hold my beer and banged out like the most incredible story he could have possibly come yeah, up he, with. Like, he really shit. did a great job. That's exactly why I made that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hold my beer for yeah, a second. It's... I'll just write a story in like 10 seconds and I'll make it awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm just quickly looking if there's any other playstation 4 exclusive games that would work really well if you translate it to the big screen um let's see oh knack of course yeah knack it's yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's actually interesting yeah. i mean i would i would actually see it i mean the reason i bought knack one as uh, the the one of the games uh, when the ps4 launched was simply because yeah. I liked the idea and the concept, and it kind of basically released my inner child. And <laughs> but but joking yeah. aside, it's just I, I I like animated movies. So imagine a Knack yeah. movie. Yeah, that would be pretty fun to see. To be honest, yeah, I like the I, character. I mean, I really like it. Yeah, I mean, I never played the game itself. I have to admit. I still and I mostly mentioned it for the joke. I, st I but... still, I still have, uh, have to play Neck too. To be honest, I need to buy it. I want to buy it. No, but it's <laughs> it's seriously, it's actually a pretty fun game. It's actually a lot of fun to play. And like I said, it's yeah. a little bit of, uh, uh, yeah, my inner child going. Just enjoy games and just have fun, even though it's aimed a yeah. little bit at younger people. Doesn't mean old people can enjoy it, like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, what I, uh, what I think is a much better shout, actually. Um, the Order uh, 1886, which uh, released in 2015. And I th I'm pretty sure that when it released, it got like, you know, a lot of people loved the story. It's just that the gameplay itself, they didn't really find all that amazing. Didn't people pretty but... much think it was like an uh, interactive movie? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as far as I can remember, people really loved the story, but that was just about it. Yeah, I, I still want and to that... play it, but uh, from what I've seen, it basically like an interactive yeah. movie with more interaction than games like uh, Telltale Games, for example. Yeah. I mean, let, let me, you know what? I'm just going to look up <laughs> how how much it costs nowadays because now that I've I actually seen the title and, you know, remember what I read about it a couple of years back, I, I'm pretty sure I always, um, you know, thought about playing it myself, but I just never actually bought it. Or yeah, anything. same here. And then, but, you know, if it's, uh, if it's actually as, you know, if the story is as good as I think I remember people thought it was then i definitely think it's uh, it's a game that i would really enjoy so let's see what else do we have oh oh knack 2 of course yeah yeah <laughs> knack 2 just just let me play yeah. it hold my beer uh <laughs> yeah okay uh so let's see uh infamous could potentially i guess make for a fairly interesting uh anti-hero superhero movie yeah i, I... Maybe. Now that you mention it, that will that would actually translate pretty well to a movie or even a series if you yeah. really want to. Yeah, uh, and if you want some, uh, you know, some brainless, uh, you know, just brainless good old action fun stuff going on, uh, Earth Defense Force. <laughs> have you have you even heard of that game? Wasn't that that two D side scrolling game that was over the top, full of humor and action? Uh, no, it's it's basically like um, you're some sort of marine and you're on the earth and you got to kill like hundreds of giant bugs and insects. Oh, then I had another game in mind. But um, 
Yeah, may, maybe that could be actually a lot of fun. I mean, I like the Transformers yeah, movies I'm, before I mean, Bumblebee I, I, as I'm, well, I'm, so... Yeah, I, I'm just literally... Uh, Only it, for it's action. half meant as a joke, yeah. but I just... I, just lo- I, I mean, if they would do it, and I strongly doubt they will ever go as far as making a freaking Earth Defense Force movie, but, you know, it would just be, you know, brainless action and fun and just, you know... Shooting giant bugs and everything, but a a big CGI fest. But in all seriousness, though, it would be it. It can be fun. I mean, if you're looking for that kind of movie, I mean, the reason I liked the live action Transformers movies was simply because it was just that you you basically went for the action. You basically just went for Transformers killing each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, true. The the bad thing about the movies was humans. (laughs) It's just it's just so much (laughs) drama that you're like. Dude, there's like a battle going on in the background. Can you just move yeah. the camera to the action, please? Yeah, <laughs> they, they were they were like, okay, we gotta have some form of human interaction and drama and story in here. Otherwise, um, yeah, it's just mindless action and shit. I remember <laughs> in the first movie, it was just like there's this huge battle in a city, and then there's Sam and whoever the girl was. I forgot the name. Uh, basically just like, well, let's just kiss her with the sun in the background. And then I was literally like, dude, there's a huge battle going on. Can't you just do that later? <laughs> of, of course not. The script said they had to do it. Screw the script. <laughs> I want to see Transformers yeah. fight. But yeah, <laughs> continue. <laughs> also, I'm just seeing another game on this list right here. Maybe uh, PlayStation's new production house could also uh, give a Ratchet and Clank movie another try. Yes, because uh, I know th- I know that they're that they've made one. I'm also pretty sure it wasn't that great. Well, I really wanted to see it, but I had no one to go with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's see what else the, do we. The trailer have? looked like uh, fun though. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think at at one hand it's uh, it's really cool that Sony even goes this far as to you know get an entire enterprise running dedicated to creating films and series for their uh, gaming IPs. But at the other hand, it just makes me wonder, like, uh, you know, how successful is it actually going to be? Because let's be honest, what's the last good gaming film that we've seen? I didn't think Warcraft was that bad. I mean, they changed a few things. I think they could have explained Uh, things better. And uh, they should have made the human CGI. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, seriously though, it's just the whole movie is a CGI, and then you see the humans, and you're like, "Wait, yeah. the orcs look more realistic than the humans." Wait, what? <laughs> How? Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, also, uh, a good shout for a uh, horror movie until dawn. Yeah, yeah, I would like that. I mean, I mean, I I have not played the game. I would not in a million years watch the movie if they made it, but. Um, you know, I, I think that horror movies always have have an audience. Yeah, and true. I think that it, it, uh, it. I mean, it was. I think it was critically very well received as well. So, I think it uh, might might be a, a decent shout if uh, if Sony is looking for another IP to transform into a uh, into a movie. The, the biggest problem with uh, game movies is basically that they just keep doing it wrong. Instead of uh, starting at a point that it becomes easy to explain to the viewers, they basically just want mm-hmm. to start at a point that you skip a part that that they really need to know. As the Warcraft movie, for example, they could have had a little intro explaining what the hell was going on. If they just did that, they didn't have to talk around uh, what the fell actually was. They basically just said, well, fell bad. Uh, it, it, it's just... It was so stupid. I mean, they didn't explain why some orcs were green and some yeah. orcs weren't. That 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 yeah. The, uh, those are things that you really need to tell the audience so they understand what the fell is and what's actually yeah. going on. Dude. Why that dude and at the end of the movie is turning into a freaking demon. I mean, <laughs> it, it it it's there's so much to explain and they, yeah, true. That, that's the biggest problem with game movies. They they yeah, they take the wrong point in the game as the movie uh, story, pretty much. 
Yeah, true. I mean, now that you mentioned this, like they with the Warcraft movie, they should have taken a couple of minutes at the start of the movie to just explain some lore-related stuff. No. Um, that really strongly reminds me of um, how Dragon Age Origins begins because that just starts off with uh, with a not even that long animated uh, cutscene where you basically really quickly you get a brief rundown like how did the dark spawn come to be how did the gray wardens come no. to be uh how did the blights come to be you know it's just really quick you you immediately uh you know you don't know exactly uh all the details of course of how everything went down but they give you a very simple and easy to follow rundown like hey uh Shit went fucked up a long time ago, and now we have Darkspawn, and we need Grey Wardens to hunt them down. Yeah. And, you know, you don't get all the details, but you know what's going on, you know why it's going on, and, you know, from there, you know, one of the most epic stories I have ever played as a gamer just kicks off in the greatest way possible. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, something like that, uh, you know, you would almost say if you turn... A video game with such a story and such lore into a film then yeah you should definitely take a couple of minutes at the start to just give the audience um a brief rundown uh of you know how things work because for the people who have no idea about the game it will only be good to you know um be that they you know get a quick rundown of how things work in the in the world and you know for the people who know the game very well it's just awesome to see like, hey, we've uh, we've taken basically the lore and we've compressed it down to this and we show it in this way and that's just cool to see. Yeah, but that was also one of the problems. I mean, as a person who knows the Warcraft lore really well, um, you go to the movie and they're just like, yeah, fell, fell bad. And you're like, well, I know exactly what the, what the, what it is. It's, dude, just explain <laughs> it writer what were yeah. you thinking just explain the damn thing so people actually understand what the hell is going on yeah dude we are so 100 percent for damn sure gonna have a podcast special dedicated to world of warcraft at some point in the future no. i mean we're, we're just gonna listen to you tell every freaking thing you possibly know about world of warcraft for like two hours or so as, as, as long as you don't fall asleep promise me that <laughs> i'll try my best <laughs> but yeah um yeah i think uh this would be a good moment to uh, get to the end of today's episode so uh if there is anything that uh, you uh, would like to uh, that, that you know out of the top of your head any uh, playstation ip that you would like to see translated to either a movie or a series uh then do be sure to let us know in the comments down below if you are uh, listening through YouTube or through the uh, We Bleed Pixels website. And if you are listening on Spotify, then do be sure to uh, check out our website or our YouTube channel and all our social media channels to get in touch and share all your thoughts. Then I would like to thank Connectus for his time today again, uh, recording this week's episode. You're thank you. I think yeah, you I had a. Yeah, of course, had a blast as usual. So it uh, was, uh, was a great time. And uh, thank you, of course, for listening. I was your host, Flefo. I was here with Connectus from the We Bleed Pixels community. And we would love to see you back next week for another episode of We Bleed Pixels Weekly.